0: Hey, good morning, everybody. Everybody awake and ready? How's your New Year's resolutions doing? Day four, baby, come on. 361 more days to go, hallelujah! Uh, I figured I'd see how the year's gonna go before I make mine, all right? Ezekiel 47, my name's Mike, by the way, I'm the children and youth pastor here. I am excited to give this word to you, privileged to be here On the first Sunday of the new year, 2015, Ezekiel 47 is where we're going to go. Incidentally, anybody slip on what was ice earlier? I almost did. My water bottle went flying, but I saved my new pants so I didn't fall. We're good. Thank you so much. Ezekiel 47. Thanks for the support. You guys probably wanted to hear that I fell. Oh, man. Okay. Ezekiel 47. And... If you have the exact same Bible as me, it's page 734. If you don't and you have your phone, it's page, Bible app, page number. Ezekiel 47, when you find it, if you can, if you will, and if you are able, would you stand together with me in honor of the reading of God's word today? We're just going to read six verses. I was going to read 12 of them because we're going to get to 12, but I didn't know when I was going to get to the other 12, so I didn't want you to stand for the whole time. You can stand if you want. It's 2015. You have that option. 47, verse number 1 of Ezekiel. Here we go. Here's the word for us this morning. Then he brought me back to the door of the temple. And behold, water was issuing from below the threshold of the temple toward the east. For the temple faced east. The water was flowing down from below the south end of the threshold of the temple, south of the altar. Then he brought me out by way of the north gate and led me around on the outside. To the outer gate that faces toward the east. And behold, the water was trickling out on the south side, verse number three. Going on eastward with a measuring line in his hand, the man measured a thousand cubits, and then led me through the water, and it was ankle deep, verse four. Again he measured a thousand and led me through the water and it was knee deep. Again he measured a thousand and led me through the water and it was waist deep. Again, he measured a thousand and it was a river that I could not pass through for the water had risen. It was deep enough to swim in. A river that could not be passed through, verse six. And he said to me, son of man, have you seen this? Amen, at the reading of God's word. Let's pray together. God, thanks for your word. We pray that you would open our hearts to pay attention to your word, that we would receive it. Let it sink deep into our hearts sink deep into our hearts and influence our actions. So we thank you. Jesus, would you be present with us in your name? Amen. You may be seated. Unless you want to remain standing. I mean, you might want to jump up and down at some point. That'd be all right, too. I've got a message for you today entitled Fresh Faith for a New Year. Fresh Faith for a New Year. And it's so nice, I got a second title. The second title is Focused, Faithful, and Fearless. One sermon titles were a thing of 2014. It's 2015. I got two sermon titles for you. It's twice as nice. Focused, faithful, and fearless. I believe God wants us to be in 2015 a people who are focused, faithful, and fearless. Focused, faithful, and fearless. Now, when we come to um, Ezekiel, he gets out into the deeper water. And let me tell you that when Jesus, in John 7:37 to 39 talks about rivers of living water as well. He says, if anyone thirsts, let him come to me and drink. Whoever believes in me, as the scripture has said, out of his heart will flow rivers of living water. And so when we talk about the river today, we're talking about the Holy Spirit filling your life, filling your life and coming out from your heart, the rivers of living water. Now when Ezekiel gets into the river, the thing I noticed about that is that he started ankle deep. He started ankle deep and then he went knee deep and then he went waist deep. And then the river overtook him. And so what you notice when Ezekiel gets deeper and deeper and deeper into the river, the more of the river is seen and the less of Ezekiel is seen. When he gets deeper and deeper and deeper into the river, the more of the river is seen, the less of Ezekiel is seen. And so when we are filled with the spirit, the Holy Spirit, as we get deeper and deeper and deeper in our walk with Christ, guess what? The more of Jesus is seen and the less of the person is seen. When we follow Jesus, as John the Baptist said, he must become greater, I will now become less. He'll become greater and greater and greater, I'll become less and less and less. And so as we walk and follow Jesus through the Holy Spirit, as we get deeper, and as we go out into the deep waters with Jesus, more of Jesus is seen. When we get back to the shore, everybody see this? When we're back to the shore, more of our person is seen, more of us is seen. It becomes more about our appearance. It becomes more about us looking like we got it all together. It becomes more about us looking like we're swimming when we're only ankle deep. When we get closer to the shore and sometimes we step out of the shore, we're not even in the water at all. It becomes more about the person and not about Jesus. As we get deeper into the water, it becomes more about Jesus, less of the person. Come on. When we get deeper in our walk with him, Jesus will take over. It will be him and not us. Closer to the shore, come on, I'll say it again. Closer to the shore, more of us is seen. Less risks, less boldness for Jesus because it's all about me and how I look. It's all about making sure people think and see that I've got it all together. I was at a conference a couple years ago, youth conference, and there was a, uh, a, a, a young person dressed in a morph suit Anybody know what a morph suit is? Okay, nobody? Okay, I gotta educate you. A morph suit. morph suit is the, the skin-tight colored suits that they, people wear, and it covers their whole face, covers their whole body. You might have seen them at sport, sporting events where they're trying to get into the player's heads or they're all dressed in like a green one or something like that. A morph suit covers your whole face. You don't know who's behind the morph suit. You, you can't tell. So at this conference, at this conference, there's this, Young fella wearing a morph suit the whole day, dancing around. Look at me, I'm in a morph suit. <laughs> ah. He'd probably hit his friends or something, make it look like he was all cool and big and bad. Even while the worship was going on, Morph suit boy was doing his thing in the morph suit. Mm-mm, I'm in a morph suit. I- I'm in, I'm in a morph suit. Come on. I'm, I'm in, I'm in a morph suit. I'm going to keep going. I don't care. I'm, I'm in, I'm in a morph suit. So I look over. I'm just captivated by morph suit boy. I wish I had a morph suit. Ah, morph suit boy. And he had it on the whole time he was worshiping. And then the sermon starts. Pastor's preaching. Pastor's preaching. And I'm sure it's got to be tough to look out and see somebody wearing a morph suit while you're preaching. Who's got one on here today? Anybody? He's looking out at the morph suit boy, and he was probably wondering, is he dead? Is he breathing? I can't tell. His face is covered. Morph suit Boy sitting there. I don't know what he's doing. I'm thinking to myself, should I go check on him, make sure? I'm not sure if you're able to breathe through those things. I guess you can. And then the preacher gets done with his sermon, and he says, okay, is there anybody here who wants to follow Jesus, who wants to stand for Jesus, who is sick of pretending, that they've got it all together and wants to stand for Jesus with boldness. I'm going to say a prayer, and if that's you, stand. Be bold and courageous. The preacher's going. You can be stop pretending and start living for Jesus. Morph suit boy, he must have been paying attention. He wasn't dead. It gets better and better. I'm sitting next to him. I want to live for Jesus. I'm distracted by morph Suit boy, so I'm just watching Morphsuit boy. And he says, who wants to quit pretending and live for Jesus. If that's you, when we're praying, stand. I look over at Morphsuit Boy. He unzips his mask. He's revealed. He zips his mask and he steps up and says, yep, that's me. I'm done pretending I'm ready to live for Jesus. He took his mask off, stepped up and did the real thing. Took his mask off, revealed who he was and stood for Jesus. I wonder if there's people here today as we enter into 2015 who have come hiding behind something before we get into this word, hiding behind something, that it's time for you to zip off the mask, step up, reveal the real you, and follow Jesus boldly. And that is scary. But I wonder, as we focus on Jesus, being focused on Jesus requires for us to zip off what we're hiding behind, step up, and say, yep, that's me. Are you ready to be bold? Because the deeper we get into the river, the more of Jesus is seen, and the less of our masks are seen. The more of Jesus, the less of us as we get deeper and deeper into the river. Suit boy showed us, showed me, that when Jesus calls, let's get bold and real. Zip off the things that are blocking us from seeing and follow Jesus. Verse six Come back to verse six with me. I want you to see this. Verse six. He gets him through the river, he's out into the deep. And then he says this in verse six. He says this, and he said to me, Son of man, have you seen this? Have you seen this? He says to me, son of man, have you seen this? Because the deeper we get into a walk with Jesus, the more heightened are our spiritual eyes and ears to hear and to see what God's doing. God has been doing a great work, and he's asking us to say, he's saying, have you seen it? Now, in the New Testament, when Jesus feeds the 5,000, ready, he feeds the 5,000, and then a few chapters later, he feeds the 4,000. And the disciples begin to argue among themselves the fact that they had no bread. After seeing Jesus do something mighty, 5,000. Then he fed the 4,000. The disciples decide to argue among themselves the fact they have no bread. And Jesus looks at him and says, hey, do you still not understand or perceive? Do you have eyes? Don't you see? Ears, don't you hear? And then he says this awesome thing. He says, do you not remember? Jesus talking to the disciples, hey, don't you remember what I did with the 5,000? Don't you remember what I did with the 4,000? I am faithful then, I'm gonna be faithful again, and then I'll be faithful again, and again, and again. God's looking at us today, some of us, and saying, hey, do you remember how faithful I was when you went through that thing? I'm going to be faithful again when you go through it again, and guess what? Faithful again. He is faithful, and we can get focused on him who is the faithful one. And we can go out into the deeper and deeper and deeper waters knowing that Jesus goes before us, with us, and he is our strength and our source. Have you seen it? Have you seen it? Do you remember? God is saying to us today as we enter 2015, hey, get ready. Remember what I've done. Remember I'm going to do it again. I'm going to do it again again and again and again and again and again. again. Let's keep reading, verse number eight. Come on, verse eight. If you're still with me, holler, morph, morph suit boy. boy. Oh, thank you. I got one. I can go. <laughs> Forty-seven, verse eight. I got one with me. Forty-seven, verse eight. And he said to me, the water flows toward the eastern region and goes down into the Arabah and enters the sea. When the water flows into the sea, watch what happens. The water will become fresh. When that water. Flows into other water, that other water becomes fresh. When us, filled with the Holy Spirit, filled with Jesus, infused with his life, when we bump up against others, is the result that they become fresh and refreshed? Or is this result they become angry, upset when they see us? Or are we bringing the life that Jesus has for us and making it fresh? When Paul talks to the Romans, I love this, at the end of Romans, he says, I wanna come to you in the fullness of Christ's blessing and I wanna come to you with joy and be refreshed in your presence. It is a great word. Are we the type of people that are coming with joy, seeking to be refreshed, or are we coming with our own thoughts and desires and things that are holding us back and actually do the opposite of refreshing? Jesus, when he impacts our life, when he fills our heart, he changes our situations He changes our outlook. He he allows us to have an impact on others because we become fresh. Fresh. Now, um, another story in the New Testament in Mark's gospel is when Jesus calms the storm. You might remember it. But it's a great story because all I have to say is the title, Jesus Calms the Storm. What happened in that story? Oh, fuck. Okay. Where am I? Jesus calms the storm. He was sleeping on a sleeping below and he calmed the storm. The disciples were terrified. They they were they were just so scared. Have you ever been so terrified? Jesus calmed the storm. The Bible, sometimes we miss this this little sentence. We get the story, we get it from the title, Jesus Calmed the Storm, but we miss the little sentence that said that there were other boats there. There were other boats when Jesus calmed the storm. Come on, there were other boats when Jesus calmed the storm. Meaning, if I was on that other boat, the storm's happening, ah, the storm stops. Whew, I just thought the storm stopped with no idea who stopped the storm. And I wanna share with us, as we seek to refresh others, there are other, others in the storms of life as well, but might not know the one who calms the storms, our responsibility as someone who's following Jesus is to bring Jesus, to be Jesus, to live Jesus. Starts with loving Jesus. Because the closer we get to Jesus, the closer we're going to get to other people. The closer we get to Jesus, we're going to interact and bump up against others. How will you be seen as you get closer to Jesus? As one who is with joy seeking to be refreshed or one who comes in anger or any other way? Jesus says to us as we get focused on Him, we see Him, we can take risks and go out into the deeper, deeper waters. Where again, more Jesus. Or we can be scared and seek what's comfortable, more of us. I'm comfortable, more of us. Comfortable back by the shore. Comfortable ankle deep. When you're in ankle deep, you're not really swimming, you're just in ankle deep. You're standing in probably cold water. Jesus wants us to take risks and and go for him and follow him and have focused on him. In fact, when we fill our lives with anything but Jesus, the river of living water, when we fill our lives with anything but Jesus and try to find our satisfaction in that, it becomes an imitation. Come on, get ready for this. Anything that is an imitation, taking the place of the Lord Jesus, anything that's an imitation will also be a limitation. Come on. Somebody write it down, I'll write it down myself. Anything that's an imitation will also be a limitation, limiting all that God can, will, and wants to do in your life. He wants you to fill your heart with him, not with those other things. Anything that you're seeking after, that's taking the place of the joy and the love and the peace of Christ is an imitation and it will be a limitation to you. And in fact, it needs to find its elimination from your life. Oh, preach. Anything that's an imitation will also be a limitation, limiting God from all that he wants to do and can do in your life. And those things need to find their elimination from your life. Come on. As we get deeper, as we get focused on Jesus, in the deeper water, those things that are holding us back. Whew, oh, I'm in my knee deep. Oh, a little bit more is left. A little bit more I let go of. Oh, I'm in the deeper water now, and I'm with Jesus. At the shore, you're being held back by those things that are imitation. Just like soda or pop gives you the the impression that you're being hydrated, but you're in fact being dehydrated. So the things that you try to fill your life with that are not the river of living water, that are not Jesus and his Holy Spirit are in fact dehydrating you more, giving you the impression that it's doing its job, that it's making you satisfied, but it's actually dehydrating you. Now, do you want to know the difference between what the the imitation and the real thing is? Anybody? All I need is one yes. Do you want to know what the difference is between the imitation and the real thing? (laughs) How you can sell is power. Come on, power. Everybody say power. The difference between what is an imitation and the real thing. The difference between what you're filling your life with and the real thing that Jesus offers is power. Paul tells Timothy, he says, watch out for those who have the appearance of godliness, but deny its power. God, when he fills your heart, you, he also fills you with power. Come, He fills you with power to face what you're facing. When we're focused to him, when we follow him boldly. We are no longer imitating someone who's following him. We're actually getting out with him and being filled with power through his spirit, which leads me to the next thing. Second sermon title was Focused, Faithful, and Fearless. Point two is getting faithful. We get focused. Oh yeah, we're focused on what we need to do in 2015. Then we get faithful to Jesus, getting closer and closer and closer and closer to him, being more faithful to him. And here's a word I believe somebody in the house here today just needs to hear. I was reading through some of the scriptures, and it came out in a certain translation. It said, staying with it is what's required of you. Somebody's come in through something in 2014, 13, maybe even 10 years. You've been battling through something. Jesus, in a very real way, when we go to his word, through his power, he says, stay with it, don't give up, keep going. Stay with it, don't give up, keep going. Stay with it, don't give up, keep going. If I had a beat, that would be a great song. Stay with it, don't give up, keep going. Through the power of Jesus, because the imitation will not have any power for your situation, but the real thing will have power when you face your situation. The real thing brings power and strength. Now, I looked through... um, some of the scriptures and, and came to Abram, Abraham. I don't mean to confuse you by talking about Ezekiel and then Abraham. It's 2015. I figured you could do two characters at once. Abram, the Bible says in Romans 8.4.18, listen to this. The Bible says in Romans 4.18, in hope he believed against hope that he would be the father of many nations. In hope, he believed against hope. And I thought about that for a while. I thought, I, I really don't know what that means. So I looked again. Then I looked into the original geek, Greek translation. Just joking, I don't, I don't know what the original Greek says. <laughs> so I didn't know what it, still didn't know what it meant, so I went to the message. Come on, we can go to the message, that's all right. I went to the message. Romans four, eighteen, and the message said this, this is good. I mean, if you don't think it's good, that's fine. I believe it's good, it's gonna be good. Romans four, eighteen, in the message says, when everything was hopeless, Anybody ever faced a hopeless situation? When everything was hopeless, Abraham believed anyway. When everything was hopeless, he believed anyway. He didn't give up. He didn't stop. He kept going. He believed anyway. And then he says this, deciding to live not on the basis of what he saw he couldn't do, but on what God said he would do. Did you hear that? Let's hear it again deciding to live not on the basis of what he saw he couldn't do, but on what God said he would do. Too many of us give up when we see it can't be done in our strength. When we see what we're facing can't be done in our strength, we give up. Instead of waiting on God who said it would be done in his power and in his timing. Oh, if God said it, he meant it. He's going to represent it. He's going to show it to you. If he promised it, he was going to fulfill it. He is faithful to do that. Too many of us give up when we see it can't be done in our strength. Instead of relying on what God said would be done in his power and in his timing, don't give up, wait. Don't give up, wait and keep going. Keep stepping out further. Keep believing and trusting and hoping. Now Abram, Abraham, I went back to Genesis. You don't have to go there. You stay in Ezekiel so it'd be easier when I come back. Give you that. Okay, no one appreciates a little gift like that? Okay, Genesis 15. (laughs) Abram, I I looked back, I said, he believed against hope. Uh, Okay, what, what exactly was going on here? When God said it would be done. Now, Abram, before I read what happened in Genesis 15, Abram had gone about 10, 15 years. Some people believe even up to 20 years of unfulfilled promises that God had given him. 10, 15, 20 years maybe of promises unfulfilled to him. God saying, you'll be the father of many nations. You will be the father. Look out to the shore, the sand of the seashore will be the number of your inheritance. For 10, 15 years plus, he kept hearing promises from God but not seeing it fulfilled. He kept hearing from God and then not seeing anything shift. He kept hearing it but didn't see it. He kept hearing it and then his situation and his experience and the things that he was seeing was getting in the way. And look what happens in Genesis 15. This is great. In Genesis 15, after these things, after after these things, after this time, 10-15 years of waiting for just one son, the Lord came to Abram in a vision and said, Do not be afraid, Abram. I am your shield, your exceedingly great reward. God came to Abram and said, Hey, don't be afraid, I'm your reward. And Abram, at this time, he hears God saying, yes, God, I've heard you say that. I've heard you say that so many times, but I'm not seeing anything in my situation change to what you just said. Abram, you can, say, you can tell he's having, starting to get a little bit of an attitude with the Lord after all this time waiting. And here's what he says. He hears God say, hey, Abram, don't worry. I'm your reward, reward. I have a tough time saying reward. 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 I'm your reward. Abraham says to him, Hey, look. The Bible says, He says, Look. For those of you just tuning in, I'm not trying to get your attention. I'm just, that's what Abraham said. Look. Would you look at my situation? Do you see what I'm going through? All I want is a child. And you've been promising and promising and promising and promising and I'm not seeing anything happen. Abram, when he said this, brace yourself, when Abram said this, uh-oh. I think my new pants just ripped. Somebody? Just joking. Now, now when Abram said to, to, to God, he said, look, Look at my situation, what I'm facing. You don't you you do even see what's happening to me? Abram was in a tent. So when he cried out for God to look, when he said, Look at what look around me, God. All he could see, what could he see? The tent. Just like this tent is right up on my nose. All he could see was this tent. By the way, is this okay, guys? You guys all good? By the way, how many of us have ever been in a situation where we're saying to God, hey, God, do you see what I'm going through? Did you see 2014? Oh, 2015 better be better. That's what I'm saying. I'm going back to my tent. Abram was in his tent. Somebody get this. Abram was in his tent with his crying out to God saying, look. Look at me now. As if God didn't already know where he was. And some of us, when we cry out, we've been in that situation. I know I'm not the only one. We cry out and say, God! Ah! Urgh! We don't even have words. We just, <laughs> You see this? You said something else, but I don't see it. Abram was in his tent. Now, Abram cried out, look. Look. He said, look. It's the word look. Now, God... God responded to Abram's look with a look of his own. Abram said, look, God said, no, 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 no. You look. And what the Bible tells us is, the Bible tells us, while Abraham was crying about looking at his situation, he had no, no child, no heir. The promises that God had given him were not happening. God says to Abram, look. And he comes down to Abram, and the Bible says he took him outside and said, look, you need a bigger picture than what you're seeing in that tiny tent. Trust me, when you're in there, this is a tiny tent for a big man. Big man in a little tent. Anyway, (laughs) you need a bigger picture than what you see in this tent, God's saying to Abram. Oh, I think God's saying that to us too. Some of us are still in this tent, not literally. We're in the tent and we're crying, God. You've seen me go through this. I know what your word says. I know what you said, but I don't see it. God is saying to us in our tents, he's coming down to us and he'll meet us where we are. That's what he does. He's good at that. He'll meet us where we are. Whew, get out here. Get out here and open up your mind to the possibility of greater and greater and greater. You need a bigger picture for that which you're facing that is sucking the life out of you. When you're in the midst of something and the tent is all up in your face, you need a bigger picture. God says, come on out and see. Come on out of that tent and see what I have for you. I believe some of us have gone too long sitting in our tent, dwelling on what's happened in our life or what has happened or being afraid of what will happen or worrying about situations and staying stuck in the tent, thinking that it's all gonna go away by sitting in your tent. Let me tell you about that. Remember I said the imitation will be a limitation? I believe that the imitation of prayer is worrying. So we worry, 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 and then we go and do something. Whew, that was good. We got through that Then worry, 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 do, worry, 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 do. God wants us to pray, 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 go get it done, pray, 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 get it done. Pray, 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 get it done. Now back to the tent. Some of us might even have things that have happened in the past and we're still stuck in the tent. We're still looking back saying, oh, I don't wanna get out of this this tent. This tent is nice, see? I don't wanna get out of this tent. I got all I need in that tent. I'm here by myself. I don't need to do anything. But God is saying, In 2015, now is the season, now is the time to get out and open your heart and mind for greater and greater and greater and greater. Because he promises, and his word that does not fail, he promises to come through as we get focused on Jesus, faithful to him, get closer to him. Back to Ezekiel. Ezekiel 47 God says as we get focused, faithful, as we get out of the tent and opened up to greater things, out of the tent of 2014 and into 2015 where God says, oh, hey, this could be your best year ever. Why not? Why can't it be? Stop listening to the things that hold you back and get out with Jesus. As we leave the tent and we get bold, we leave this, the the edge of the river, and we get bold and follow Jesus and we go knee deep, waist deep. We're swimming with Jesus. As we get bold to that, we'll also be fearless in 2015 as we're focused, as we're faithful, and as we're fearlessly following Jesus to whom he's made us to be. I believe that some great things will happen that only God through his spirit can do. Let's look at Ezekiel 47. Stay with me. We're gonna go... Ezekiel 47, and I'm gonna start in verse nine. I want you to see some cool things here because I believe that in the same manner, God's about to do some great things in our lives, in our church, in our city, in our world. And it begins with a fresh focus, faithful, and then get fearless to doing what he says us, tells us to do. Verse nine says this, and wherever the river goes, every living creature that swarms will live. And there will be very many fish. Oh, when God decides to do, when God does a good work, which he's already started, when he continues to do that good work and his Holy Spirit breathes fresh life on us, this would be a place where there is much life, where there's joy and an abundance of joy, where there's peace and an abundance of peace, where there's grace to cover over mistakes and everything else and grace to, to give us the power To move forward, and there'll be an abundance of that because there'll be an abundance of life when Jesus moves. Again, if it's not Jesus, there's no power with it. Okay, verse 9 For this water goes there, that the water of the seas may become fresh, so everything will live where the river goes. Jesus, as he impacts our life, impacts others because we're filled with his spirit and we impact others. Verse 10, fishermen will stand beside the sea. Oh, two big words that start with E. It will be a place for the spreading of the nets. I want you to see that. It will be a place for the spreading of the nets. God, in 2015 here at Bayview Glen Church and in our own lives, God desires for us to be focused, faithful, fearless, and to see this as a place For the spreading of nets, meaning that there there is a lot of work to do. There's a lot of fish to be caught. There's a lot of life breathing. Jesus, and some of us need to hear this, who began a good work is going to carry it through to completion. We have every reason to believe what he started, he's going to finish. Place for the spreading of the nets. Oh, that this would be a place for the spreading of the nets that Jesus moves so powerfully as he's already begun to do, that we'd have eyes to see it, ears to hear it, we'd understand what he's doing and seek to follow him, the real thing. Verse 11, but as swamps and marshes will not become fresh, they are to be left for salt. And then verse 12, and on the banks on both sides of the river, there will grow all kinds of trees for fruit food. Their leaves will not wither, nor their fruit fail, but they will bear fresh fruit every month. They will bear fresh fruit every month. When we get deeper into this walk with Jesus, we will begin to bear fruit. Deeper and deeper with Jesus, we're bearing fruit for him. The Bible tells us they will recognize you by your fruits. What fruit are you getting? In Romans, Paul says, again, he says, what fruit were you getting at the time of those things you're now ashamed of? When we follow Jesus, we'll bear fruit that resembles Jesus. And will bear fruit every month, I believe the word. But bearing fruit every month when there's life in here, when there's life in our hearts, we bear fruit. What fruit were you you getting? Now when I was younger we lived in a, a house that had a big old apple tree in the backyard. Big apple tree in the backyard and our neighbors had a swimming pool in their backyard. A great awesome cooling delicious Swimming pool. I don't think delicious is the right word there. Swimming pool. So we'd, we'd be playing out in the backyard, me and my brothers, on hot, very hot summer days. We'd be playing in our apple tree. Oh, look at me, I'm in my apple tree. And our neighbors would be out there swimming in their pool. And so we'd get closer and closer to the pool, closer and closer to the pool, and start saying, whoo, and the best acting that we could do, whoo it's hot out here, whoo. I wish I had a pool. I wish I could take a nice little dip in the pool. I wish I could do the side stroke, the breast stroke. I wouldn't even dive in the shallow end. You know? I wish I had that. And was on hot summer days, we'd pretend and, and just go there every day trying to get in that pool. They never let us in that pool. So we went to our apple tree, and it's confession time. We went to our apple tree with our mouths like that. Okay, we're not going to get in that pool? We went to the apple tree. We started taking the apples. We like to play what's called home run derby. So we would, in parks and stuff, we'd just see who could hit the ball the farthest. So my brothers started taking the apples. Probably not me. Probably my brothers. I don't, you know, I would never do such a thing. Probably my brothers, I'm sure. Took a... I just remember one, so they took an apple, they threw it, whoever it was, definitely not me, even though I have the great form to hit a long ball, see that, he pitched the apple, and boom, right into the pool, boom, apple in the pool, they probably did a few more, until we got caught, and got in trouble, and had to go apologize, and all that kind of stuff, and Oh man, it's tough getting caught like that. We wouldn't apologize. And and neighbor, if you're listening here today from that time back in whatever year it was, probably 1990, we're sorry. (laughs) That was just for me. Uh, So we'd hit the fruit, the apple into the pool and we didn't get in the pool. And Jesus, in the same way here today, looks at us and says, what fruit are you getting from the things at which you were once ashamed of? What fruit were you getting? because you weren't getting any good fruit when you're doing things that are not following Jesus. Imitation things will not get you good fruit for Jesus. The real thing, deeper water living will get fruit and get fruit abundantly for Jesus. Imitation will breed imitation. The real thing, the real deal, Jesus will breed the real deal. What fruit are you getting? I believe that in 2015, we we lay aside the things of past and press forward, following Jesus with all boldness, fearlessly, and we'll see him do a work here that we've never seen before. Oh, if I had just had a few people believe with that with me, we would see God do something just incredibly beyond all we ask or imagine because he says he could do that. He said he would do that. And let's believe that he will. And one last time, whatever you're facing, whatever situation that you are in that keeps you closer to the shore and making it appear that we've got it all together. It's time now to lay that to Jesus and be filled with his spirit and start getting after his work, his glory, that we would be focused on Jesus. We would be faithful to Jesus and we would be fearless as we live for Jesus, the real deal. The real, real deal. Now there's um, one last thing. I think sometimes we're unwilling to go further and unwilling to take risks because of fear, because of what we see. And Jesus wants us to say, when you're looking at me, Jesus says, when you're looking at me, when you're focused on me, when you just see me, You're able to do far more than you ever thought possible when you were just looking on yourself, when you're seeking for something else, when you're seeking for eyes to be on you. When you're seeking for eyes on you and your eyes are not on Jesus, you are imitating. But when our eyes are on Jesus, we will live a life that produces fresh fruit I believe he wants to bring a refreshing to your soul and your mind and your heart. Stop carrying that heavy, heavy burden that you sit in the tent with daily. The tent, remember this tent. Here's a picture of what I look like in the tent. I can't see anything except for this blue, purple, whatever it is. I guess it's purple. And our situation... We can't see anything when we're going through tough things, but Jesus says, open up your mind to the possibility of greater, see Jesus, and why not 2015 be your best year ever? Amen, let's pray. God, thanks so much for your word. Thank you for Jesus. Thank you for this place in which we've been able to lift your name high. God, I pray for everyone here that we would take a real close look at our relationship with you and that you would fill us with power and boldness and your spirit to get out into the deep waters and trust in you. God, help us to lay aside the things that so easily entangle us and put Jesus first in all things. God, I pray for the one who's here that has been struggling through 2014 and maybe even years before. God, I pray that you would do a work in their lives. Remind them of your faithfulness. Remind us, Lord, that you, you who have always been faithful will be faithful again and you'll be faithful again again. You are good and great. And Jesus, we pray in each of our lives that you would be lifted so high that others would be drawn to you. That you would be lifted high and among us you'd be glorified in this place, that your spirit would flow from this sanctuary into our city, into our neighborhoods, and into our world. Jesus, that we would have a deep impact in this world. Thank you for Jesus. Thank you for the fresh word that you give us in your fresh grace, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Now, it's the first Sunday of... The month, And it's our practice to take up the benevolent offering at the end of the first service. So this benevolent offering will go towards those who are less fortunate than ourselves, a great opportunity to give coming out of the Christmas season to those who have are less fortunate than us. So we're gonna take that up now. If you're able to give, that'd be great. If not, that's okay too. I'm gonna pray for that though now. So let's pray. God, thanks for this opportunity to give back just a portion of what you've given to us. And we pray that it would be used for your honor and your glory. And God, that you would open up opportunities for us um, to share your love with others that are less fortunate than us. So thank you for this place. Thank you for this time. In Jesus' name, amen.